You are listening to Motivating from the Six. Real Estate 101. We're going to really break this one down with real estate investor Jazz Takar. Let's go. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances, no matter what it is that you are going through in your life and demand change for the better. I'm your host, Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today, we are going to break down real estate. I'm talking about real estate 101 with my guest, Jazz Takar. But before we get into that, I just got to say thank you. For all of you who have clicked play, for all of you who have downloaded, for all of you who have subscribed, for all of you who have left a five-star rating and review, I just want to say thank you because I know that your time is extremely valuable. So the mere fact that you've taken even a moment to listen to this podcast, it means so much to me and I am so full of gratitude towards you. Now, a couple episodes, we broke down sneakers, sneakers 101. I'm talking about flipping sneakers and getting into the game of understanding how to buy them, how to sell them, and make money within the sneaker industry. Now, today, we're going to do the exact same thing, but on the real estate level. See, it's so important for me to bring the information to you, to really break it down in bite-sized chunks, so you can understand how to recreate your life. Whether it be financially, whether it be mentally, whatever it is that you need in your life that's going to make you better. And again, real estate is something that is so important that we really could invest in. Investing in the right property could really be a game changer when it comes to your finances. And I want to make sure that you have the right information that's going to take you where you need to go. Now, my man Jazz is from the city of Toronto, just like me. But listen, you can take the tools and the lessons that he talks about today and apply them in pretty much any city that you live in. It's the tools. It's the lessons. It's the gems that he gives you that are so important. And if there's a question that you have that is not covered in this podcast, then please go to the show notes because Jazz's information will be there waiting for you. And this brother is reachable. This brother is down to earth and he'll give you the information that you are looking for. So please listen in. If you are interested in investing in real estate, this is the podcast episode for you. I'm not going to hold you back any longer. Listen in to my man, Jazz Tackle. Let's go. And welcome back to Motivating from the Six. We have an amazing guest today. He is in real estate doing his thing. He is an entrepreneur and he is a podcast 
um, a host himself. Please welcome Mr. Jazz Takar. Jazz, what's going on, my man? Awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me, my man. And thanks for pronouncing my name as well properly. A lot of people have <laughs> a, a, an issue with the last name. They usually ask me off off uh, uh like off the record you did it and, and you got it bang on i love your energy thanks for having me on jeff oh man i appreciate that very much and thank you again for being here so you are in involved in a lot of different things entrepreneurship and also uh being a real estate agent being in the real estate market which is amazing because i really want to uh, bring the basics to people. I want to be able to, to help them to understand how they can improve their life in a lot of different assets. And oftentimes we hear about real estate. So I would love to get into that to help just the common person to really step into that field if they're looking to do so. But I would love to hear your story. Start us off with your story in terms of how you got to where you got to with this podcast, yeah. with being an entrepreneur and just really taking control of your life. Look, so I, I appreciate that, and and thanks for the layup to for, for, for me to tell you my story. So, born and raised in Rexdale, uh, uh, a little uh, area in Etobicoke, uh, kind of central uh, for your out of province and out of country listeners and viewers. Really central in the city of Toronto, um, but sometimes it gets a bad rap. Um, but if you live there and you grew up there, um, you you know the community and and how positive it could have been if you took it down that path. And Absolutely. and so. Right. Um, and, and I know you're from there as well as Jeff. And so, yes, so, so we, we connected right away the second we started saying Rex still to each other. Right. And Absolutely. It's, it's a small little area, but the guys that and the gals that are from there, you just you, you know, you can take us out of Rex still, but you can never take Rex still out of us. That's for sure. Um, and and. And, and, and so I, I kind of knew at a very, very young age, like I'm going to say probably come around like grade six, grade seven, that I wasn't going to be going down the college or university route. And, and, and not a knock on that institution, but it's just, it wasn't for me. I had a problem and an issue even sitting down for long periods of time. The only, the only subject that I looked forward to was gym class. Um, and I probably, you know, definitely going into high school, um, I spent more time out of class than I did in class. It just, it never, it never interested me. And so at a, you know, at the same time at that age of 12 and 13, grade six, grade seven, I started getting into, the, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who, who start off with a paper route, a lemonade stand. Um, uh, uh, you know, it could be just selling baseball, whatever it is. For me, it was starting out in paper routes. Um, and then I, I got a second one and a third one. I got my friends involved, gave them the route to do, and I would, I would take half because they didn't know how to even call the Toronto Sun or the Toronto Star, or they were scared to. They were, they, they were, you know, worried to pick up the phone and, and, and say, "Hey, can I get a paper route?" They didn't know who to call, so I set it up for them. I would take a little cut. I started to understand the process at a very young age. Went into retail at uh, uh, Sherway Gardens at a store at Sporting Life, which you know was really enlightening for me because it was one of the. The, the, the only stores at that time and still is that is not commission based for its salespeople. So when you compare it to the, the Foot Lockers and the Champs and any of those stores, and that was important for me because I never had to be that pushy salesperson. What they really trained us on is, is, is removing the friction and making it very easy for people to buy. Give away all the, all the information and if they buy from us, that's great. 
but they, the owners, it was a, a, a husband and wife and, and, and a friend, what they always instilled in all their employees, like, look, if the person doesn't buy now, that's okay. We want them to come back and become repeat. So I never understood the whole repeat and referral until then. Went into the banking industry, so got out of high school, uh, barely, barely finished. Um, and I said to myself, look, I'm going to take a year off. There's no, I don't have the grades for university, but I can probably get myself into some type of college. But I'll do, I'll do a year off. Within that year, just how life works, I, I, I worked for the bank at CIBC, and it was for the telephone department, uh, telephone banking department. So this is going back just before 9-11, uh, so like early, early, uh, late 99, early 2000. And that was something that really turned my career uh, uh, and started to put me down a path, set me down a path, because it was in the telephone, depart uh, telephone banking department, which gave me this skill. Which, you know, like just putting somebody on hold, I till this day, I still say, hey, Jeff, is it okay if I put you on hold? Get your, get your permission. I come back online, thanks for holding, Jeff. Like small little things that yeah. I have found, and again, very small little things, but I have found that they go such a long way because yeah. most people don't do it. I find that what, what somebody on the other line is like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, no problem, Jazz, or you're welcome. They're almost shocked because I'm banking them, right? <laughs> Little things like that. And then I went into car sales, man. And, and, and so uh, you'll probably know the area of, uh, of Brampton at Torberman Queen, uh, family-run dealership. Uh, it was an accurate dealership at that time. I spent uh, two and a half, almost three years there, really honed in on my uh, uh, sales skills. Um, still take, uh, taking little pieces from from all the other places I was at, right? And so talking about repeat and referral, I just decided long, like the second I got into the dealership, I knew the, the stigma about car salesmen. Uh, and, and I was in the new car department, but it's all the same. And, you know, the movies and what you hear about used car salesmen and all that, it, the stigma's there. I said, look, man, I'm going to be a little different. I'm just never going to push anyone. In fact, I'm not even going to ask anybody if they want to buy a car. Okay. I'm just, you're, Jeff's going to walk in and Jeff, what can I do for you, man? And whenever you're ready, you let me know. And that already worked 10 times better than, 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 than being pushy because you were shocked. Like you were like, oh shit, this guy's not pushing me. Like right. he's not being a salesperson. Right. And so after three years, you know, I, I, I was the number one sales guy there. And I said, look, I want to take this to the next level. And then real estate, I already at that time at 23 now, now it's 23, I'm 37 now at 23. I said, look, I want to get into real estate and invest. I want to okay. buy something and just rent it out because I understood that it, values always do this. Yeah. They always go up. And if I can get someone else to pay all the expenses, even if I had to, and we'll dive into this even more, even if I had to put in 100, 150 bucks a month out of my pocket, it's like putting it out of my left pocket and, and like literally getting it into the right pocket because right. it's paying down my mortgage. And you and I know, Jeff, like if we were doing this at a bar right now and you ordered, I don't know if you drink or not, but I like to have some vodkas once in a while and we had a vodka and you had a vodka and, and, and we had some food. We would, we would blow a hundred bucks real quick. Easily. Easily. But I, the, what I hear the most when I sit down with people is like, no, 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 jazz. I don't want to pay. I don't want, if it's, if it's costing me a hundred dollars a month, I don't want it. I want all my expenses covered. Now, right. There's lots of investments that we can do that. But 
I like to think of it like, look, just open up your mind a little bit. If you Absolutely. have to put in a hundred bucks, like it's only $1,200 at the end of the year, you're making so much more yes. on the appreciation of the property and even the amount that your mortgage is being paid down every year. And so I got into real estate in 2006-ish, uh, around that time now. And um, I met with uh, a gentleman, he's now passed away a couple of years ago, who really was my mentor. He, he, he taught me the ins and outs of real estate from a sales perspective, but also from an investing perspective. Okay. And then um, at that time, there's three partners, myself and, and two other guys. Now one guy's passed away. There's two of us. We have a team of 32 realtors. Um, and I'm proud to say, humble brag, we're the number three team in the country. Uh, we do a little over 700 transactions a year. Um, out of the 700, I'm going to say about 350 of them are investment slash income properties through a pre-construction or resale condo or just buying a house and renting out the upstairs and the downstairs. So yeah. um, I'm very, very proud to say that our team is, yeah, number three in the country, man. Man, look at you go. Look at you go from Rexdale to, to, to making an empire. I love it, man. Yeah. Congratulations. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there, man. And so we're Absolutely. Yeah. And so... I, and then really quickly, just on the podcast about two years ago, because the, the partner that passed away, um, he really was the guy that was the face. So I, I, I mentioned that uh, we had a radio show on AM640 and News Talk 1010. Um, and he was the guy. He was the guy in, 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 who was doing all the stuff with CTV News, the radio show, all that stuff, BNN. And when he passed away, we, one of us, myself and my partner, Simeon, we, we, one of us had to step up, right? And we both kind of did it. And Simeon now is like the defensive coach of the team and I get to be, he lets me be the offensive coach and go, 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 go. This could, none of this could happen without my business partner because he lets me fly off the wall and try a bunch of stuff and, and never says no about it, even though I think half of them are crazy ideas myself. Oh, man. The, podcast, the podcast was something really cool because um, it was something that was in, I was very comfortable in that setting, not the cameras. In fact, the cameras took me about six months to even allow a camera in. I liked the audio version. It was just a mic, right. which to me acted like a phone call. So going back yeah. now to CIBC, it was like, ah, oh, this is kind of the same. You know, like yeah. my parents used to make me order pizzas when I was six and seven to get used to talking to people, right? right. And so okay. I was like, all right, I can do that. I can do that. And then um, I landed a pretty big realtor in New York, actually. America's biggest realtor, uh, 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 Ryan Serhan from Million Dollar Listing, landed him on a podcast and on my way to New York, just leaving the day of, someone was like, what are you talking about? You're not going to tape it? Like, you're not going to put it on video? I was like, no, I never even thought of that. They're like, dude, he's the biggest star. You want to show that you're together with him. Right. I was like, damn, I got to do video with this guy and he's a star. I'm not comfortable yet. Did it anyways. And now... Jeff, I love the camera, man. Like, oh, man. I, I, I'm having a hard time looking at you because I like looking at myself. I'm playing, but you know what I mean? Like, 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 like I don't mind it now. And then I learned for, for any of your listeners and viewers, and, and, and you obviously know already, Jeff, that if you can get yourself to doing video, the cool thing with video is, is that from a content producing perspective, it becomes the mothership because, you know, we'll get this video. People can see it if that's what they want, if that's how they consume content. You can rip the audio. And right. now if people like to consume content while they're walking their dog, uh, walking their dog, driving the car on the treadmill. And then the third thing that is really, really taking off for me is transcribing what you and I are going to be talking about okay. and putting it in 
the written form because believe it or not, I mean, there's tons of people who don't want to watch video, listen to audio. They just want to read on a Saturday, Sunday morning with their coffee. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and yeah, taking the one piece of continent and just, you know, tearing it up, cutting it up and making a number of different pieces. Absolutely. I, exactly what I, I, I had an opportunity to sit with Gary, uh, Gary V uh, a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, that was, the, you know, that was probably the most, uh, uh, that's probably the biggest thing that he taught me, which was exactly ripping out one major piece of content like you and I are doing now. And yes. then, and then, and then tearing it up to, you know, 25, 30 pieces. And so, because I wanted to take that aspect of my business very serious. So the sales and the 700 transactions, that's, you know, that's priority. That's, that's what we do. It's what I love to do. Like I love sitting down with somebody who's doing their first investment or their 52nd investment. Okay. But my other baby, my third child, as I mentioned to you off record, I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, but I also have a two-year-old, which is the podcast and the content that I'm producing. I love it. Uh, and so I hired a full-time videographer, part-time videographer, full-time graphic designer, and a full-time copywriter. Now, a, a lot of people in our business will be like, you're nuts. What are you doing this for? It's for, it's for brand awareness. Right. And, yeah. and now I'm also not into the fancy stuff. That's me. Like I'm taking every month and every penny I make and I'm giving it to these guys. That's how I'm hiring out as quick as possible right. because I'm just investing as I invest in real estate. There's one person and one thing that I invest in most in first and foremost. And that's jazz. That's me Absolutely. because I can, I can control it. Right. Jeff, I can control what happens with me. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you do that investment now in the long run, in the macro, you're going to see the, the, the payback. So man, that, that, that's another topic in itself. You got to come back sure. and talk about that for sure. Uh, anytime, uh, whenever you're good, man, I'm good. You let me know. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So as I mentioned, you know, with this podcast, I really try to bring people some skills and some knowledge and things that are going to help them uh, in their yeah. circumstances, no matter what it is they're going through. And I just did a podcast about flipping sneakers um, because okay. that's a huge thing, right? Buying J's and flipping them and, and making money. And, and you know, I really want to talk to you as well in regards to real estate. Because, you know, we always hear about, you know, real estate is where you can make some money. However, it seems like the giants, right? It seems like the elephant type of thing where people are like, I can't conquer that mountain. I can't get to that. Like, it just seems so much. I can barely buy a house for myself, let alone to buy one for investment. So I would love yeah. for you to break it down as simple as possible the process that someone would need to take. And of course, there's different ways to look at it, whether you're buying a house for yourself, whether you're buying a house to flip it, whether you're buying a house to, um, to put people in it for the long run. I, I, again, as simple yeah. as you can for everybody to really understand the details of it. Can you take us through um, the best path you think someone can, can take when it comes sure. to creating, uh, yeah. uh, buying so a home? So I, I love that you said it's the elephant, right? Because I, I, I talk about that all the time, I guess because it's my favorite color and it's my favorite animal. I don't know why as a kid, I loved elephants. Gray is definitely, if you can tell, there's a lot of gray and yellow in my new studio back wall here. Gotcha. Just my favorite color. I always say one bite, like if you were to eat an elephant, not that I'm into eating elephants, but you eat it one bite at a time. Absolutely. You know, you can't go, you can't eat that up. And so where I would generally start, and I love talking about the fact that you were talking about flipping sneakers, because I think that's a great way to get into entrepreneurship and also make some cash. Mm -hmm. And then that cash, you, as you start to stack it, you can start to think about investing into real estate. But first and foremost, that first flip you do on a sneaker, and I don't care if it's flipping sneakers, flipping burgers, or working and, and, and be, you know, have your own business, you have to get into the habit of 
paying yourself first. Say that again, please. Say that again. Okay. If you're not, if you, you have to get into the habit of paying yourself first. If you Absolutely. will not, if you do not save 10 cents on a dollar, you'll never save a hundred thousand on a million because the habit yeah. is not there. Right. Absolutely. Okay. That's so it's like brushing our teeth, right? Like you gotta do, you gotta go put the toothpaste on and then start brushing. And then the funny thing is, the neat thing is, is like when you brush your teeth, you think about 57 other things. Like I was brushing my teeth today thinking, okay, I got Jeff in the morning. I got this, 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 you know, like the routine is there. So you have to learn how to save 10 cents on the dollar. Then we'll, you'll, you'll save your 10,000 over a hundred thousand. Cause we hear it all the time. Ah, man, I don't have enough money. Yeah. Yes, you do. A dollar is money. Save yes. 10 cents out of it. Get that, get into that habit. Yeah. And then I, I, I think the most passive and the easiest way to get into real estate investing is it looking into a pre-construction condo invest, uh, investment. And I'll tell you why. For a couple of reasons. A, it becomes a forced savings plan. And the reason is, is because, see, the developer is sell, selling uh, units in a building that's going to be built in two and a half to three years from now. Right. So you're purchasing, as long as you purchase, there's, there's like four or five different stages of, of pricing. So we always want to get in at the start. You want to make sure you're dealing with a platinum broker. It doesn't have to be us. It might be your cousin, but if your cousin just started in the business, chances are they're not a platinum broker because they don't have the relationship with the developer. Okay. And so saying that, sorry, I don't want to detour you, but saying that too, I know a lot of builders, when you go in, you can actually make the initial purchase yourself. Is that still on the same? Yes. Say exactly the same type of uh, a purchase. The only problem with that, Jeff, is the second that it's open, the doors are open to the public, the prices have been increased five times already. Wow. Okay. So it's like, get, it's getting, it's like getting in a club downtown, right? Like you want to be first in the line. You don't want to be in the back of the line because you're probably not going to get in. Got you. Okay. So you, so, so the developer, the second they open, once you see it on Facebook and Instagram and you see the open, like you see the big builder signs downtown or wherever, whatever area in Brampton and Mississauga, Oakville, wherever Burlington you're looking, it's already too late. Wow. From an investment perspective to make real money. So you want to get in at the start, the okay. first stage, because see, when you buy in the first stage, they're going to increase it four different times. And now if you bought in the first stage, that's how you made your money yeah. as an investor. One way you made money. I'm going to talk about the others that you're going to make money in. it. But the reason that I like passive, uh, sorry, pre-construction investing is because the builder is going to say to you, okay, Jeff, we, we're not going to build this for two and a half years. So we don't need all of your 20% down. As an investor, if you're going to rent it out, the lending requirements require you to put 20% down. Okay. But the builder's going to say, well, look, it's not going to be built for two and a half, three years. We don't need all your 20% right now. We'll take your 20% in installments over three years, two and a half, three years. Okay. Now that's why it becomes a forced savings plan. So now you have to put 5% down. So let's take 5% and, and talk real dollars. That's going to be about 25,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. On, on, on an average $500,000 condo in downtown Toronto. Okay, so now you got 25,000 in 30 days, then you got another 25,000 in nine months to a year, then another 25,000 in a year and a half to two years, so that's 15%, and that's 75,000, and then your final 25,000 slash 5% is gonna be due in, 25, in, two, in three years when the building gets built. Okay. So 
because you had because you signed the contract now you're you're forced to put that money down you won't spend money on in my opinion and i'm not telling how people telling people how to spend their money on silly shit like buying cars to to prove it to their buddies because they saw one of their friends or high school people uh, colleagues that bought a new car on instagram and now they need to floss just like that you know what i mean like uh, like yeah. we got to get that we got to get that mentality out of our heads because it really starts yeah. from there, right? Yeah. You and I know, man, like it's not about the fancy cars because that, that novelty wears off real quick. Real fast. Absolutely. Like, it does. like you know what I mean? You're driving in a new whip for, for, for a couple of months and you're like, ah, oh, man, all right, this is it. Like all my buddies saw it, the girls saw it. Like, all right, I'm kind of done with this now, right? And so you can't even drive can... it all year round, right? You got to put it away in the whip. <laughs> Right, not, especially not in, in six months. <laughs> so <laughs> true, right? So, um, forced savings plan. You're, you're you're making money. Here's the other neat thing with the pre-construction, right? Is that you're making money while it's being built because yeah. the market is appreciating. Yes. So to bring it home in terms of like what doll like what does it what does it really mean in dollars? I've seen in the last three years, guys that and I'm talking about close to 300 of my investors in the last three years have made over 150 to $200,000 without even the building being built yet. Wow. Wow. Just like and, that. And, and, and here's the thing. It, it's not in a time where the market was really significantly that robust. Mm -hmm. Toronto, greater Toronto area for, for, for our listeners and viewers looking into the greater Toronto area has always been increasing over in uh, over a 39. So 40 year period at 6.9% year over year. That's almost the same as the stock market. Stock market is about exactly. 7%, I think. Right around there. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and now obviously I'm biased because I'm the real estate guy on the podcast. So I'm going to say the, 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 the reason I like real estate slightly better than stocks. And this is just my opinion is because you can leverage. So yeah. if you're going to buy a stock for 50 grand or 20 grand or whatever it is, you got to, you can't go to the bank and say, Hey, can you, can you, uh, can you lend me money for the stock? They won't do it right. with real estate. That $500,000 condo we're buying, we're not paying 500 G's. We're only paying a hundred cause we've got to pay the 20% on it. Right. The rest, the bank is going to say, Hey, we'll give you the 400,000 on a mortgage when this closes in three years. That's the other nice thing with pre-construction condos that you don't have to get a mortgage right now. Okay. You actually have to get the mortgage when the building gets built. That's right. when title gets transferred. At that time, when we get that extra $400,000 from the bank, your rental income, so the amount that we're going to rent it out for, will, will cover all the expenses. Okay. So you're not out of pocket. That's going back to our original conversation that even if you had to put in 100 bucks, you're owning something for $100 a month that yeah. is an asset worth 500,000. Absolutely. The, the question isn't if you should do it, it's how many times can you do it, in yeah. my opinion. Yes. In my opinion, right? And so that's why I really like that type of investment. Something else that, that like right around, like around condos is even looking at something that's, per, uh, that's built already. Yeah. The, only, the biggest difference is, is that you need to qualify for the mortgage right now because it's built. People are living in there and the 20% that's needed as an investor, you need to put that down right away within 90 days to 120 days when the closing is. So if you have that, if you have the funds, then that might be something that might interest people because you're going to start renting it right away. And the mortgage is going to be paid down since from day one on the pre-construction side, there is no mortgage needed for three years. So there's no more, you're not paying anything down yet. Okay, got you. And so you're talking about a condo. Is it the same rules when it applies to a house as well? 
It does. Now, here's the only thing with the house. So if you go purchase a house that's pre-construction, when you're purchasing it for yourself as an end user, you don't have to put the 20% down. Got you. As an investor, hmm. the, it, the same rules apply. The only thing that I have found, especially in the last five to six years, when you purchase that home and close on it and then rent it out, the rental income won't cover your expenses. So now you're not going to be off by a hundred bucks. You're going to be off by say 500. For a house. For a house. Because see, the cost of the house is going to be $800,000, 850, because we just can't buy for buy anything less in the greater Toronto area. And at 800,000, the rental income doesn't cover all your expenses, your, your mortgage payment, your on a house, your property tax, same thing with a condo. On a condo, you have condo fees. Um, and, 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 and on a home, you need to also make sure that you save some money, like in terms of a slush fund for the roof, the furnace, the wind. I know it's brand new, yeah. but you still want to, you want to put some money away for that. And so I generally say, don't go for the home from that perspective. Okay. If we if we want to look at homes, let's look at something that's on the resale market that has two doors. So we rent out the upstairs and the basement. Ah, Okay. Because when we're renting out the upstairs, the, the main floor and the basement, now the rental income will cover, generally speaking, all your expenses. Got you. Okay. Now you have you have to go into the outskirts. You got to go into the Bramptons, the the Pickerings, Ajax and Whitby's, um, some areas in Mississauga, um, and that's kind of the the scope of area that myself and my team cover. You can always go into like you know the Kitcheners, the Waterloo's, the Windsors. My only thought around that, and it's not really that I'm that super biased to Toronto. I mean, I love, breathe Toronto. I mean, we're on the you know, motivating from the sixth podcast. So, I mean, there's obviously something there around Toronto. However, it's just, I find that the, you get, a, you don't get as high as appreciation in Toronto than you, like in other areas, they just can't compare to Toronto. This right. is where everybody wants to be, right? We have 150,000 people coming into the greater Toronto area. And this is, this is what I really want to drill home. Why investing in real estate is something that should be in the thought process because it's just simple supply and demand. We yeah. have 150,000 people coming into the greater Toronto area year over year for the next 10 years. So in 10 years, we're going to have 1.5 million people in greater Toronto area. To, for the 150,000, taking it on an annual basis, we need 50,000 households, okay? New households built. On a good, on our best year ever, record, record year of all time was at 41,000. Okay. On an average, we do 33,000 a year. We need 50,000. On an average, we're only doing 33,000. We got an issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so people call it like a housing shortage. I'm calling this like a housing crisis. This is a big problem, right? It's why, well. right? Like you see it as well, right, Jeff? Where, and that's why supply and demand. Like there's not that many J's out there. The ones that, the people that got the J's are going to sell them for a lot higher. Yeah. It's the same, same, same concept. Idea. It's a, right, same thing, right? Like, like if there was a lot of Jordans, well, the value of them is not much, right? Real estate's the same thing. It looks like we have a lot of land here and you can build in certain areas, but it's restricted. The government said, look, you cannot build in, in some of these areas, which, which puts us on a real estate island. Can't build to the south because we've got the lake. You've got this green belt. 
and, and which is the Greenbelt legislation that came into effect in 2005, that only allows us, we no longer can start, you know, it's why we're seeing less and less subdivisions being built. Right. Of homes. They're all being, condos are being built because yes. it's, it's the Manhattanization effect. It's exactly what happened in Manhattan, um, you know, 15 years ago. They're actually starting to, they just built a new project in Manhattan um, uh, in Hudson Yards above a train system. I heard that, yes. The same guys who did it, related companies and Oxford, uh, which is actually a Canadian company, actually based out of Toronto, they're doing the same thing here in Toronto, right by right by the Rogers Center and and CN Tower. It's the re biggest redevelopment in the country of all time, four point two billion dollars, um, four point one, four point two billion, right? You know, above the Go Train, the yes. Go Lines. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna see condos above that th those wow. lines in the next ten years. Wow. Because oh, we don't have enough space, right? So right. we just have a problem of supply and demand. Tons yeah. of demand, not enough supply. And that's why, think, and, and here's the thing. I, I love what you said earlier too, right, Jeff? Like people have a hard time grasping the, the, the process of investing into real estate. It really starts with get educated. First, I, I should say, let me take a step back. Make the decision that you want to do it. Because then we all know once you make a decision, you're, you're deciding and you're yeah. cutting off everything else. Committed. And so now you're just, right? You're committed. And so, and so you start there and then start to get educated. Podcasts, YouTube videos. Um, the third step is build the right team around you. You right. want to make sure that you have a realtor that, that works in the area that you're looking. So if you do decide to invest into, into, into Timbuktu, Saskatchewan, don't deal with me because I don't know a good street from a bad street there. Right? Right. You yeah. can deal with someone locally in that area. And yeah. then you want to make sure that you speak with a, an expert mortgage advisor. Okay, because he or she is the one who, they're the money people. They're the ones who are going to make the decisions for us in terms of how much we can afford. And right. we want to get a real estate lawyer on, uh, on our team as well. Here's right. the neat thing, guys. All these guys, they don't cost you anything until you actually do something. Right. And most of them, like a realtor mortgage person, they don't cost you anything ever because they're always paid by someone else. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, and, 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 and so it's a matter of getting out there and asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it, it, don't make it overwhelming because it's really not, it's not that overwhelming as long as you start, you make the decision to do it and take action. Oh man, these gems are just crazy. Like this is something I'm going to listen to over and over again. Okay. You're bringing in so much great information. So let's talk about when you do make the purchase. Let's talk about the difference between flipping and, and making yes. money, I guess, at the time that it's, it's created and, and, and um, it's livable and yep. having someone move in as a renter and then holding it long term. What are the yeah. differences? So, what are the benefits? Okay. So um, like if any of the guys listen to our content on, on or watch our content on YouTube, my stuff on Instagram, you'll, you'll always hear me preach the boring long term buy and hold strategy. And the reason is it's because it's where I've seen thousands upon thousands. So thousands personally like that I know, and then thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people making, creating real wealth. So there's trying to get rich quick and that's where people go into flipping in my opinion. So it's like, let me buy something, flip it and make some money real quick. The yeah. only thing with that, again, in my opinion is that you never know how the market, cause it's such a short term. You've got a year, like the market can turn really quickly, 
right? And so it depends on the economics at that time. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is if you're not specifically talking about flipping, Jeff, that if the if you're not going to be doing the work yourself, then you got to work that into all the all the costs, right? And yeah. dealing with contractors is not an easy job, right? Like it's 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 a full time job. And yeah. so there's there's that to it as well. You got to buy it, you got to flip it, you got to make sure that the market is ready for it. Like right now in Toronto, for example, in the greater Toronto area, let me talk about, it's very tough to buy a property, put some lipstick on it, and then resell it as an investor. And I'll tell you why. Because see, as an investor, it always comes down to the numbers. You can't buy over a certain amount of money. When you So what I mean by that is when you're competing against a family who's going to live in a property, they'll always outpay you. Because the husband and wife, when they walk into the kitchen and look into the backyard, generally speaking, the wife looks and says, ah, I see my kids playing in the backyard. They'll pay an extra 30, 40 grand for that house. Got you. Got you, you as an investor can't pay that 30, 40 grand because it throws all your numbers off. Yeah. So we're in that market right now, right? Same thing, going back to supply and demand. There's, there's investors who are in the market, but there's a lot of end users who just need a home for their family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very Forget good. renting it. They're not even thinking about renting it out or not. Right. So it's why I always preach the buy and hold because a couple of things happen with the buy and hold strategy. One, we can look back to a hundred years, forget even 40, you know, 10 or 40 years, go back a hundred years. And we've always seen a couple of things happen in the greater Toronto area. Real estate prices have always doubled every 10 years. I've heard that. Yes. Okay. It actually doubled. It actually tripled in the last 10 years, but let's not even take that into consideration. Let's just look at an average. They've always doubled in the last 10 years, every 10 years. And sure. so knowing that, that's, that, that, that's huge. The second thing is, is that we always have, we have a huge influx of, of tenants on a consistent basis because this is where our job, like, you know, we have tons of jobs here. In yeah. fact, we're, our tech sector is outpacing Silicon Valley's now. You know what I mean? Like people, well. yeah. right? And, and so people definitely want to work here. So we always have a, a consistent flow of tenants. Knowing those, just those two things, if you hold real estate for a long period of time, a neat thing, a neat strategy comes out of it is that you buy it today. So let's use the example of 500,000. Five years from now, let's just average, just, just average, take a low percentage of 5%. That's 25,000 every single year. The property's now worth, let's just say 600,000 for easy math. Mm -hmm. In five years, you also paid off about 50 grand of principal recap of, of your mortgage. So you got 600,000 is your value, 450,000 is your mortgage. Right. You go to the bank and you say, Mr. and Mrs. Banker, can you, I mean, back in the days you used to say that, but now you just can do everything online or you just work with, work with a mortgage broker. He or she can do this all with you over the phone. Right. They'll allow you to refinance the property and pull out the equity, 80% of the equity, not all of it, mm -hmm. because we're very conservative in Canada. In the States, it works a little different, but that's right. why I think they got into a lot of trouble back in 08 and 09. Yes. Here, they'll say, okay, we'll give you 80% 80, 80 of the equity that you have in the, in, in, in the home. So this is why you can't, this is another reason why I like real estate over stocks because you can't do this with stocks, right? True, you're, yes. you're going to the bank and actually pulling out, you're refinancing and you're not selling anything. So the, the reason I make mention of that and emphasize that is because when you sell something, you pay capital gains. You pay taxes. The CRA is going to come after you. So when going back to flipping now, you buy it and you flip it. Nobody ever tells you about all the taxes they had to pay right. or they did something that they shouldn't have done and just didn't declare it. 
right. you're going to get away with that once. CRA has a huge police looking at that stuff right now. Yeah. So to get away from it and legally not pay taxes is don't sell it. Right. So by not selling it, you can refinance it, pull out 80 cents on the dollar. You're, that $450,000 mortgage is no longer 450. It's higher now. Whatever. If you took out 150 uh, uh, grand or right. 75 grand, that's going to be tacked on to the 450, but your yeah. tenant's going to continue to pay that new mortgage. Yeah. They just gave you 75 grand, the bank, in your checking account. You could go to Vegas and spend it. That's not what I would suggest. Or, or buy another one. Boom. Boom. Right? And so, and now, here's the cool thing. It almost works like an ATM. Mm. It's just that you can't go to it daily. You go to it every four to five years. Every four to five years, some guys are a little bit more aggressive. Some guys and gals go every three years, but you generally go every four to five years. You go back and you refinance it again and buy another one. Mm. So the other thing from a mindset perspective, we all need to start to start to get educated on is that there's good debt and bad debt. Mortgages, right. if you're investing and making use of making use of it, like bad debt to me is 20% on credit cards because you bought just dumb shit. Right. Right. Like, and so if you have, you know, I know a lot of people who have you know, a, a 15, $20 million worth of real estate, they have 10 million, you know, $20 million worth of real estate, $10 million worth of mortgages on those properties. Yeah. They have $10 million worth of equity now too. Yes, they do. Right. And so that's why I like the buy and hold because you don't pay tax. Right now, you'll hear other realtors, and that's their business model. I'm not in that. I'm not in any position to tell anyone how to run their business, but they make money when you sell. It's why they tell you to sell, even when you want to move up into a bigger home or move down. There's, you know, there's a different, few different ways to skin a cat. Right? Like, let's look at all all of our options. Sometimes you have no option; you have to sell. Mm. So that is what it is. Mm. But if we don't have to sell, let's let's hold on to the property, re refinance it. You, it can help you buy another investment property or help you buy your next home. Right. But imagine you can, and here's the other thing that I really try to try to try, try to drum, drum home is that, look, you might know people who own 50, 60, 70. I have friends who own a hundred properties. That wow. means shit. Let's just buy one. Start, start like, simple. Yeah. And, 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 and imagine you buy nothing more in your whole life. And imagine you never refinance it. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who's watching or listening who's 40 years old, at the age of 60, you'll have a property. If you're 50, at the age of 70, you'll have a property that's completely paid off and you can decide what you want to do with it. You want to give it to the kids, give it to the kids. You don't have kids, you want to give it to charity, give it to charity. Whatever you want to do. You don't even have to refinance it. All you have to do, and I don't want to paint the rosiest picture without telling you some of the things that you need to consider, you got to deal with some tenants. It's not that tough. It's not that hard. Really but somebody get get somebody else involved if you don't want to handle it. But with technology now, man, and and the way that like our vacancy rate is less than one percent. Yeah. And so I mean, there's just there's it's supply and demand, right? And so I really hope that I was able to articulate the difference between flipping and buying and holding. Absolutely. And I want to talk about tenants in a second, but just going back to yeah. the different avenues. So I did mention the one end of flipping and uh, or buying and flipping and the second of buying and holding. Um, but there might be one in the middle in the sense where, where you do, you talked about buying the new condo or the new house and you see it all the time, a brand new development goes up, the houses are now open and automatically you see signs going up saying for sale. So that's Love kind it. of the third yeah. avenue perhaps. What, what does yeah. that, uh, how does that compare to the long uh, the long, uh, the hold. 
so same thing, right? Like it, okay. you're, you're buying it from a pre-construction perspective and then flipping it. You got to, you, you got to consider the taxes you're going to pay on it because you got to pay capital gains the second that you sell it. Okay. Um, there's definitely some money to be made there. The only thing is, it's not as nice as you think it is where most people think so. Okay. I bought the house for uh, 700,000. Now it's made everything and everything's selling in the area for 850. So I'm making a, a, a buck 50. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not yet. Let, let's just, let's really talk it out for a second because you bought the house for 700. That was the purchase price. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the closing costs that you paid on it. On an average, you're probably paid about uh, 15 to 20 grand on closing costs, especially on a new home, because the builders make charge a lot when it comes to homes, not condos as right. much as homes, because there's a lot more uh, uh, like pipes to be, uh, like uh, water lines, all that stuff they charge you for, okay? Mm -hmm. Even paving the driveway is, is about $2,000 charge now. So it's about 20 grand upfront on that 700,000, okay? That's including your land transfer tax, your lawyer fees, all of that. Then on the 850, you had to, a, a, an agent charged you probably four to five percent on that. Okay, so that's probably about, you know, that's close to about 40,000, 30, call it about anywhere from 35 to 40,000 on that end. Okay. And then the profit that you made in between, so now you're left with about 100,000. Okay, that is gonna get charged, that, like CRA is gonna come. Yeah. Because you gotta declare that you made that. Absolutely. Okay, so at the end of it, let's just say, let's just say you made 75,000 on it. Okay, even a hundred, just for argument's sake. Good money, I mean, that's actually great money, right? The only thing is, is that, let me explain that if you held on to it and rented it out, how much more you could make. Yes. You, that hundred thousand, you can pull out in the first three to four years in a refinance, still hold on to it. Every five years, you can pull out a hundred thousand dollars for the rest of your life. Mm. Right, and so Very that's, that's why it, always in my opinion comes back to what we call the burr strategy buy refinance sometimes renovate and repeat okay right so you you just keep on rinse and repeat rinse and repeat rinse yeah. and repeat the same strategy here's the reason i say it's boring because it's not as sexy as making a 50 50 g flip right why because you have to wait you gotta wait who wants to wait yeah it's funny. Um, a story just came out with Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, and Warren Buffett. They're having lunch, and Jeff says to Warren Buffett, like, it's literally six months ago, I think this happened, to a year. Jeff Bezos says to Warren Buffett, he's like, man, like, Warren, I don't understand. Why doesn't everyone just take your – you're the best investor of all time, especially right now. Why doesn't everyone just take your advice and get rich? And he looks to Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett does, and says, well, nobody wants to wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's the long game, man. That's where it is. That's where it is. And, you know, I think that has to do with society, especially now, social media. You want it now. You know, I don't know how old you are, but, you know, I remember. I'm 37. Oh, yes. You did say that earlier. So you remember a time yeah. when you had a school project and your teacher said, look up rhinoceroses. And the only way to do that was to go to the library and pick up that encyclopedia and whatever four, five, eight, you know, paragraphs were there was all you knew about, you know, rhinoceroses. Like that's all you had. But now someone says, look up rhinoceroses and you can find 150 million different pages 
on yeah. that subject, right? We or just ask Siri about or ask Siri about it, right? Ask Siri. Anything. <laughs> you thumbs and type it in where you can just ask Siri. Absolutely. So we've come to a situation where we want things and we want it now. You can have conversations with celebrities one on one. Where again, back in the day, I remember um, coming across some book that had. Um, addresses where you can mail celebrities mail if you want to send them fan mail. Oh, I didn't know that. I never saw that. Okay. Yeah. Nowadays, it's on social media. If you hit them up, you're lucky enough, they're going to respond to you, right? We have information at our fingertips. And so society's at a point where we just want it now. But you're absolutely right. It's all about the long game. And I do investments in stocks as well. And I've heard Warren Buffett talk about that. you got to wait. It's the long game. Like, that's where you're going to make it. So, you know, you may not be uh, making it rain in the club at the age 25, but, you know, if you're still in the club at 55, if you, if you, you know, um, invested at 25, you can make it rain at 55, right? Or, or even soon. And here's the other cool thing, Jeff. And here's the, here's the other cool thing in terms of your analogy about the club. You could own the club at 55. Oh, come on now. Come on. Come you know on. what I mean? Like, 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 like you can own the friggin' club. Forget Absolutely you making it right. And so that's where I'm hoping like through all the content um, um, and the daily stuff that we're doing, like I'm hoping I can drill that home the most, which is, Hey, look guys, like it's, and it's not even, I'm not talking about a 70 year play here. I'm right, talking no. every 10 years, right? Like, yeah. especially when you're looking and going quickly back to real estate. Like if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about investing in, okay, where should I invest location-wise, the, the, where I generally start with my clients and myself is what area can beat out a recession and, and think about it from a 10-year kind of play. What area can, what area can beat out a, a recession right. and not get, a, not get hit as hard as other out, uh, areas in the outskirts, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Jazz, I know your time is valuable. I got a couple of quick things I want to go over with you. So number one, tenants. We talked about tenants. Uh, we touched on it. I like to dig into it a little bit. You always yeah. hear the horror stories. You know, people say, yeah. I don't want to get into real estate because I hear about tenants. They come in, they move in, they don't um, pay the rent. And now it takes, you know, hell to, to, to get them out of there. You got to, you know, really turn hell over to get them out of there. And, you know, yeah. you are going to get those horror stories. However, that is rare, in my opinion, in, in the experience that I have. Um, you know, I've also heard about stories on the flip side where all it takes as a, um, a person who owns a property, that person moves in, you send them a bouquet of flowers. You send them a bottle of wine. When their birthday comes along, you send them a bottle of wine. The bottle of wine, it can be 10 bucks. It doesn't have to cost you much, but that relationship building, right, is where it's at. It's the relationship Look. building with people. I think majority of the horror stories I can tell you in 15 years that I've been doing this and personally investing in the last 10 years. So 15 years in the business, 10 years personally investing. I can count on one hand the horror stories. Wow. And like even from clients and we do 350 a year over year from income properties where we're dealing with tenants. I can tell you majority of the time, not every single time, but majority, 90% of the time, it's the landlord's fault. Why? Because Jazz the landlord is above Jeff the tenant. Yes. Yes. Because like that's just some bullshit somebody read somewhere or heard. Like treat them like garbage. Yeah. Really? This guy, this tenant is giving me on a low end, he's paying rent, which is paying down my mortgage, yes. which in dollars equates to 10 G's a year. Yes. If someone's giving me 10 grand a year, I could be a little nice to them. I, I would think so. Right? Like a bag full of 10,000 bucks. Yes. 
a glass of a bottle of wine, like you said, a thank you card, maybe a list of if they're new to the city. Hey, here's a list of some cool restaurants. Here's here, here's a link to where you could get Raps tickets and Jay's tickets and Leafs tickets if you want it, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Send them a cleaner. Send them maybe put a forty dollar thirty dollar gift card to Walmart. Doesn't yeah. sound like much, but for them, hey, look, it takes care of some of their toiletries for the first month or whatever it is, whatever they want to make use of. Now, the other reason I say it's the tenant uh, landlord's fault is for a couple of reasons. One, the landlord for some reason just thinks that I don't need to do any research on this person. Right. Let's do it properly from the get, like right, right, right from the start. We can ask for reference checks. We're going to going to check their credit. Where well, I'm not going to say Jeff, send me your credit. Because mm -hmm. in today's day and age of Photoshop, a lot of things can happen, and we've seen it. So I'm going to pull your credit, right? Yeah. I'm going to pull your all. I have your I, I as long as I get your permission to do so. I'm going to check your social medias and stuff like that. Like if you tell me that um, you don't have any pets, and I can't I can't kick you out as a tenant uh, uh, just because you have pets. But right. if you tell me you don't have pets from from the start, but then on Instagram every other picture is with a dog, well, chances are it's yours. You know what I mean? And so so maybe we can take care of that upfront. Okay. And, 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 and then there's small little things. Like if, if I, if you gave me your car right now for the day, cause I needed to borrow it, Jeff, you would probably check in on me twice a day. Mm -hmm. Hey jazz, everything good. Did you need anything? You're not even really calling in to check on me You're checking in on the car. Right. But when we, when we rent out our places, what I see with landlords is, is the, they get post-dated checks for 12 months. Okay, or 10 months, they get first and last month certified. Right. Never go knock on the door, never check on the place. And then when they go in 12, into a year from now, 12 months from now, they're like, oh my God, the guy ruined it. And now Jeff has seven other people living there. But dude, you never went to go check up on your place. That's your fault. But yeah, I guess it's your place. It's your place. Like if it, going back to the car, you'd call me every two hours, yeah. you know, but on a, uh, but, but, but you rent out your place and you never go check up on it. Like that's kind of like that just mindset. Right. And yeah. so you're allowed, you can't harass the tenant, nor should you, it should be a good partnership. Hmm. You, you go, go once a month yeah. to collect the rent. Yes. And then it's like, Hey Jeff, how's everything? And I do one of these. I just look around. Yeah. Everything good? All the walls in place? Hey, and, and then I just like literally said, Jeff, is there anything you need? Is there a door that's spooky? Right. Is, yeah. there, is, there, is there a dishwasher that's not working? You know, it's why I like condos personally for my personal, because I'm busy. I can't do all this all the time. So I have majority of my condos in and around like a 15 kilometer radius of my work. Okay. Reason being is because I can go check up on them. I can collect the rent. I can do all the stuff I'm saying. Also with condos, there's not really much that can go wrong in a little 500 square foot condo. You know what I mean? True. The, the True. most that I hear and I can show people the texts is like jazz, the burner ran out on my stove. Right. Today's day and age with there's apps like Jiffy and a bunch of other apps. I literally put it into the app. Who fixes Who's an electrician that can take care of a burner? And then you have six or seven people fighting over that business. Who's yeah. ever, it's almost like an Uber for service providers kind of thing. And so uh, um, it's why I like condos uh, because there's only one tenant you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit easier. And even look, if it's a home and it's a family, then it's the same stuff that you need to do. It's the same tips and strategies I'm going to give you, which is, look, just go check up on the place and don't treat them like trash. Because be nice to them. It's like owning a business. This is a business. It's yeah. called it's the landlording business. You need to take care of your tenants and just don't be an ass. Customer service 101, right? You, you have That's to, it, buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. People with respect. That's what it always comes down to, no matter what business <laughs> so, you're in. Isn't that so simple, though? Like, it's it seems so right. to be. <laughs> <laughs>
I guess I I want to ask you this as well. So you have been in this game for a while. You know, you've come up in Rexdale. I've come up in Rexdale. And for those of you who don't know, listening around the world, uh, Rexdale can be a tough uh, part of Toronto. But we've seen some really difficult stuff. I can only imagine what you've seen. I know what I've seen. Real estate has really changed some people's lives. I'd like you just to quickly, you know, scan your brain. Think about one person that you might know that grew up in a tough circumstance, but because they were able to put that money together, again, we're talking about, as you talked about, 10 cents on the dollar. So just, you know, you're getting paid at a job. It might not be a whole lot, but you're able to save just a little bit every year um, until you can put down, uh, have a down payment together. Can you talk about a quick story about someone who you knew came from a tough circumstance, but because they got into real estate, it really just changed their life? Look, I mean, yeah, for sure. Look, I have... um, a group of four ladies who I, three ladies, sorry, uh, they had a fourth partner, but she, it's three of them now. And they, um, look, they, they, they always felt like everything was done by their husbands. Okay. And they, they, did, they, they were never really inspired to do anything until they made their first real estate investment. Okay. Um, and not necessarily that they came from a tough place, but they didn't come from like a super duper affluent place by any means, but it was something internal is why, is why they came to my head first, because they really felt like they didn't, they weren't giving any value. And that's a tough place in itself to be. Like if you're not, if you don't think you're valuable, then, you know, sometimes it's hard to get up and do things. Right. And they got together they got together and they bought their first property. And that first property that they bought was two, three years ago, almost three years ago with me. And it took months for them to do it. Months. Because they were scared, lots of questions, not sure. Everything that they were scared of was starting to come out now. Mm. And now fast forward to three years, they own six properties. Okay. Wow. And it's given them one thing that I, I truly believe. It could be stocks, man. It could be flipping sneakers. And for me, it's been real estate. And that doesn't mean that it has to be for Jeff or anyone who's listening or watching. It gave a sense of security slash freedom. And I can tell you there's nothing better than that, in my opinion, again, that feeling of sense of security, especially for our young viewers and, and listeners. Look, man, we don't know if this Canadian CPP, you know, on that paycheck that you get that pay stub, it says CPP. That stands for Canadian Pension Plan. I, I say that because I had my uh, 19-year-old cousin ask me a couple of days ago, like, oh, that's what? I'm like, I'm like here's the thing, man. This thing might not even be around. Like, we might not get anything. So right. what do we need to do? We need to build it for ourselves. Oh, and man. again, for me, real estate has been that. And I've seen it for thousands of people. It's, it's, again, going back to buy and hold. That's how real estate, that's what real estate provides you. It's that sense of security knowing that, hey, you're going to own maybe one, if it's just one, one property, 20 years from now, you buy it at 500000 it's going to be worth a million. Right. Okay. Actually, in in, in in twenty years from now, it'll be worth two million dollars. Now, two million dollars twenty years from now is not going to be the same because the coffee at Tim Hortons is not going to be I don't know two bucks. It's going to be seven bucks. Right. So yeah. there's inflation. Yeah. However, you're going to have it paid off, yeah. and that you paid off, and you literally can sell it and then use that as income, or you can just use the rental income that's coming in because your mortgage is paid off mm-hmm. as your retirement income. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh man, makes so much sense. Jazz, I got to ask you this question. This is my Oprah question. I heard her ask okay. it and, and it's a question that I, I love. Jazz, what is it that you know for sure? That I'm happy. Mm. That's it. I love it. That's it. Yeah. Like, Same. like I, I'm, I'm, 
you know, look, look, look what I get to do, man. Like I'm, I'm on a podcast with a guy I've never met before and I feel like I know you now, you know, like, and, and I can't wait. I have like, I know, I don't know what we're going to do together, but I know we're going to do stuff together. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I, I woke up today and I get, I get a kiss from my five-year-old. I get a kiss from my three-year-old and I got, I had to put out a bunch of fires here at work. I love what I do. I love what I do. It's what makes, it's what makes me happy. And that's what I know for sure is that I'm happy. Like, I'm just happy doing what I do. And the second, it's why I left doing papers. It's why I left school. It's why I left CIBC. It's why I left car sales. The second, and I, I, I can't, you know, it's probably the first time that I'm articulating this. The second I felt unhappy, the next day I was gone. Like, it wasn't a five day. It wasn't me like, oh my God, how do I tell somebody that I'm going to be leaving? I felt unhappiness, gone. Like, I just, I knew it in my stomach. I'm not happy anymore. I got to leave and do something different. And so right now I know I'm at the, the most happiest place I've ever been. I'm going to bring you back on. We're going to talk about happiness. We're going to talk about that. I love, it. I love it because, and, and maybe just a quick teaser for that episode and, uh, a week, 10 years from now, whenever it is, is that if the second you stop chasing money, I have found and you chase happiness, yeah. a funny, weird thing happens guys. And I can't explain it. Maybe it's like gravity or something. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a scientific guy. The money follows you. Yes. But yeah. it only follows happiness and passion. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You, you ended on a, such a powerful note. Um, where can everybody find you? You didn't really talk about your podcast. Tell them about your podcast and where they can find all your material. Oh, I really, really appreciate the plug, man. Um, you you'll, can find me where, really wherever you want to find me. And so uh, podcast is, the podcast name is REC Experience. It's all things real estate, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I, because don't have that uh, a formal education, I was always about personal education, reading books, listening to seminars, uh, audio books. And so I always thought it would be kind of neat if uh, people can be flies on the wall uh, of conversations that I'm having and, and hopefully take some type of value. It's why I, it's mostly real estate, but I sprinkle in a lot of entrepreneurship and leadership topics um, because it's just the way that I like to learn. It's youtube.com forward slash REC experience on any podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, all them just search REC experience. And for my personal content, just go to Instagram man. it's uh, 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 jazz tack R J A S T A K H A R. And then the number one, three, number 13 is, is my lucky number jazz tack R 13 on Instagram, uh, tons of content and tons of value there. Man. Man, love it, man. Thank you so much. Jazz, the last thing I want you to do is this. You are yeah. sitting in front of your ideal audience, and it's a bunch of people who are scared to make the jump. They've been hearing about this real estate thing. They want to get into it, and it's, again, we talk about this mountain that's in front of them that just needs to be so big. Please, in the next one minute, speak to that crowd, speak to that individual, and help them understand that they are able to step in this because it's doable. Speak to that person for the next minute. I found that anything in life that someone else has done is doable. And so if someone has come from a very rough neighborhood and, and got out and did something with it, then you can do it. Jordan inspired the LeBron James or the Kobe first maybe, and I think Kobe's better than LeBron, just my opinion. Um, and if someone did something before you, you can do it. Success leaves clues. Thousands upon thousands of people for thousands of, 
on thousands of years having been investing in real estate because it works. We, they're, we're not building any more land. We have what we have. And especially in the greater Toronto area where we need more of it, this is a huge housing crisis. And you have an opportunity to get in by saving money, investing it, and then renting it out and then treating your clients with respect, which your clients are your tenants, and just holding on. And you can make money by doing it because thousands of others have done it before. Simple, simple and effective. Jazz, thank you so much. And to everybody, I will see you at the top of the next episode. Thanks, Jeff. Jazz, thank you so much, man.